Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Tenet Talk, a podcast for contractors. We share the information and quick answers you need on construction technology related to equipment fleet operations and management for your business. This mini series is hosted by Four Construction Pros. Hi, my name is Kurt Brennick. I'm the senior editor with Equipment Today magazine. Today, we will be discussing mindset shifts taking place in the industry around construction technology. My guests today are Ian Gray with Tenna and Brendan Karen with Procore. Both guests have extensive backgrounds in the construction industry and are currently working in construction technology, which gives them a unique perspective of how contractors are adopting construction technology products. Ian spent several years working in the field for general contractors in New York City. He worked with Procore for five years and is currently working with Tenna. Ian's background and years of experience in construction help him dig into the contractor's pain points and engineer solutions through Tenna. Brendan has a civil engineering background and a passion for innovation in construction technology. He worked in project manager for Turner Construction in Philadelphia for eight years. He spent the last two and a half years as a sales engineer at Procore. Today, our guest will discuss the mindset shifts needed for contractors to make the most from construction technology based on their experiences working with contractors at Tenna and Procore. Ian, we'll be covering mindset shifts around construction technologies today. What do contractors care about this topic? Why do they care? Yes. Well, because, because they have to, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, bottom line, here's an indis- indisputable fact. All right, the, the game has changed. It's been changing for some years now, and, and we all know COVID has only thrown fuel on the fire and accelerated this change. And here's what that change is. Everyone listening to this podcast is currently operating in a world in which communication relies on a connected information economy, if you will, or what I call a platform economy. And of course, it's absolutely a risk to not be using any technology in this new game. But what we're learning, Kurt, is we're learning that with the proliferation of all the technology options that are out there, it's no longer acceptable to not leverage the power of a platform technology, one that offer or offers interoperability. I think everyone knows this viscerally, but those that are actually adopting this mindset are the ones that we see are winning. And they're winning because they're seeing how technology can be used really as a strategic and competitive asset. Um, and this can be used to improve their business, uh, improve margins, as well as really strengthen a culture of innovation. And they're relying on industry partners uh, like Procore, like Tenna, to help them do this. And here's an example. As areas in the industry are, are starting to lag, some companies are actually taking the diversification approach. And in an effort to survive and thrive, they're entering into new segments like energy, data centers, what have you. And what this is doing is it's creating a, a more competitive landscape. Now, the world is already shackled by tight margins, and this competitiveness is only making matters worse. Um, in fact, the recent 2021 FMI Heavy Civil Construction in- Index report um, that just came out, it's reporting that 87% of respondents have actually seen an increase in the last quarter in the number of competitors, with 64% of those being moderate to, to significant increases. Now, let's think about that for a minute. Right. Furthermore, more than half of the respondents are reporting lower margins versus last year and 84% seeing either decreases or no increased margin versus just last quarter alone. So as you can see, and we all understand this, that pressure on margins is really presenting a whole slew of risks for not just construction companies, but all stakeholders. So we're talking contractors, we're talking specialty trades, we're talking owners uh, and everybody's clients. 
And so it's clear, really, why do they care? Because they need to protect their business. They need to protect their margins. Companies need to start pulling on some levers to do this. And some examples would be tightening grips on operations, focusing on fixed asset utilization, leveraging information and data to help right-size fleets, start making sense of data, and really get better, better visibility across the board. And then one thing that often goes overlooked is a lever, if, if you want to call it that, is really an investment in the most valuable asset that all of the companies have, which is their people. So when you think about these levers, it really technology can be used to augment all of the strategic goals around each of these levers. And logically, Kurt, this is going to beg us to start understanding the mindset of when technology is not only successfully adopted, but sometimes more importantly, when it's not successfully adopted. To quote another study that I know FMI partnered with Procore and, and released a little while ago, had some really interesting findings across the board. But as it relates to our conversation about mindset today, the top criteria for companies to invest in tech technology were one, speed and functionality, two, ease of use, and three, the cost benefit of the solution. And this is what I really want to focus in on right now, the reasons for dissatisfaction with technology adoption. Right, difficult to use, didn't save time, lacked mobile accessibility. Those shouldn't be a shock to anybody. But it's really this last one that's most interesting to me. Did not integrate. And that's it right there. When I, I mentioned the game is changing, that's the new construction platform economy that I mentioned earlier. And this is the world that we're all operating in. Yeah. And to piggyback on some of that stuff you said too, Ian, I think taking a step back and looking at the construction tech as a whole. Whereas I know when I was in the industry too, that took a little bit for the tech world to put its focus on construction until in the more recent years. And because of that, there was a, a requirement to use other systems that maybe weren't exactly purpose-built. So that led to some tension, some burned implementations and just some kind of negativity around being able to adopt that tech. But I think as we see recently, last couple of years, we have those partners who are extremely focused in just the construction industry uh, specifically and are able to bring a lot of experience to people from the field, but giving construction, in my honest opinion too, of just that, that dedicated focus on, hey, you all have some things that you need to capture and we're going to bring our expertise and listen to you and, and help give you a tool that is purpose-built for the construction industry and maybe not trying to, to bring things from other systems too. So I think it's also good to look at the past and understand why we're feeling certain ways around tech and start to give both parties, the partners and the contractors to start to think about, hey, how can we work together as a partnership, recognize some of those things that have happened in the past, but start looking more towards, hey, how can we work together and identify some of those mind shift change of going to this new world? We have a lot of resources and uh, solutions to take a look at. Yeah, that's really interesting, uh, Brendan, when you think about historically how technology has somewhat, maybe for lack of a better word, shortchanged the construction industry. And uh, yeah, I mean, everybody has been victim of this, right? We've all used common denominator solutions like Excel or work with providers who may not be industry specific, or they, they might be servicing a broad spectrum of industries, right? But one thing that, that we're, we are starting to see, and I think that everybody would agree with this, is that technology is really quickly becoming a, a part of a company's DNA or culture, right? And because of this, technology is so proliferated within the organization and within the industry that now we're starting to see the next bubble, if you will, and that's what do we do with this data, right? I read a stat somewhere that 96% of construction data is, is going unused. And I would argue that the best way to really start unlocking the data and really starting to leverage the technology that we have in place is to really start partnering with the providers that can integrate in and talk to other companies, 
right? And uh, leveraging an integrated construction platform and breaking down the siloed tech stack that we're all used to. Yeah, and one thing to kind of piggyback off that too, Ian, just thinking when you mentioned the, the integrations and where things have you know, typically started with having specific solutions to solve specific pains, there starts to become that more mind shift change of being a little bit more uh, savvy too of the industry and starting to look for that interconnection between them. I mean, it's almost, almost now becoming a requirement, like you, t- like you said too, of just, hey, I need my system to, to speak and reduce that double data entry so we, we can have a little bit more streamlined solution as well. Okay, I heard you mention the, con- the contractor culture. What cultural elements around technology need to be addressed by tech providers to really fit for construction? Yeah, so I know we mentioned a little bit about tech not being so much of, of a uh, focus in construction, but I think some of the, when you mentioned culture elements that you need to kind of be aware of is there's maybe a, a connotation that maybe construction doesn't necessarily adopt tech, but I almost think kind of the contrary. When you start to define what tech may be, look at some of the, the power tools or how we're able to build something like the Hoover Dam and those innovations, n- new items for safety and equipment that's actually being created. So I think some of the culture elements that we have to be aware of as a collective group is just making sure what we're going to be showing or perhaps implementing actually makes sense. M- making sure that, hey, this actually will solve the task that I'm looking to, to help take care of. And then making sure we put it in the correct people's hands to get their feedback and thoughts, but also recognizing some of the items that, hey, when you're out in the job site, I, I had a limited amount of time to be able to do the things I needed to do. Making sure it's that ease of use that Ian was hitting on previously too. I need to be able to do it as quick as possible, solve that problem or get that answer as, as quick as I can. And I, I think they also just have a, the industry just has a high standard because we need it to work for us. We're trying to make these quick decisions out in the field and understand how we can help build this in the uh, faster, quicker way. And I think it's just understanding that, hey, it needs to work. And maybe if, if there's something going on where you're not seeing the adoption, maybe needs to put it under a microscope and really start to understand, get down to that root cause or, or why. Yeah, I think anybody would be hard pressed to find anyone in the industry who says, you know what, I don't want a tool to help me do my job better, faster and safer. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you'll ever be able to find somebody who says that. But it's an interesting question, right? Because technology providers also, I, I believe, need to really bring to the table expertise. And when I say expertise, I'm not just talking tech expertise, and I'm definitely not just talking <laughs> construction expertise, but also business expertise. And the reason for this is because the industry, it really deserves to have providers that can empathize and understand. And, and like Brendan mentioned, dig out the root of the constraints that are keeping them from achieving their, their goals. An owner would never hire just any contractor for a very specialized project, one that has exacting and, and tricky conditions just because they own the right equipment, right? They're going to hire the team that has the intellectual capital, the expertise, the experience, all the things that go along with that equipment that are going to help them get the job done and done right and done the first time, right? So one thing that, that we need to you know start focusing on is the fact that partnering with a technology provider should be no different than that. And so I'm thinking real quick about an example, uh, a time when I was sitting down with a contractor and working through how software would best be able to manage a very complicated process and workflow. And someone on our team who, who actually came from the industry and who had a lot of operational experience driving lean initiatives, really creating a culture of efficiency on, on their team when they were in construction, well, they were able to make recommendations, not to focus on the software, but really on the process itself. And it wasn't just, hey, how can we throw technology at our problem, but how can we really root out the true constraint there and, and come with a solution? So 
For the most part, a technology provider who is not solely focused on the construction industry, one who doesn't have those types of folks on their teams who have walked a mile in those boots, I, I think they'd be really hard pressed to be able to provide this. And, and speaking of boots, definitely miss wearing my boots, shifting over to this side, side of the, uh, the industry too. But when you start to get into those individual personas, Ian, you mentioned about just understanding the industry, the pains and needs and wants, and, and kind of coming together as a collective group to try to figure out what is the root cause or why, or what are the pains you're trying to solve. But I think it's also important to add a little bit to that as well is understanding the different people who are there to actually help see that project to a success. So thinking about if I'm a superintendent, what are the things that I am doing on a day-to-day -day and my needs, wants, and, and requirements? So when I was on the job site, obviously photo documentation, how much time can I spend out in the field? Because that's where the job's being built. And those are some of my requirements. And understanding how that translates and communicates over to maybe the, the engineer sitting in the trailer. What, what are their type of things that they need to do and how do they communicate? And also understanding that, hey, all this information and data that we're capturing out in the field uh, it's very viable for that individual team, but also making sure we can take that information and apply it to some of the other execs, maybe back in the office and some of their needs and wants they're looking to. So it's not just maybe just solving one person problem or their particular issue is kind of looking as a collective group because it really does take that entire project team to, to see that whole job to completion and, and to be successful. Uh, I think that's where we also need to make sure that when we're going through these process and asking those questions, making sure we're getting all key stakeholders on board and understanding, hey, what's the requirements from the boots on the ground, walking the job site, all the way up to the reporting analytics and, and make sure that there's a stream of communication and data flow between them too, and help surface anything else that, that we may, may need to highlight. Yeah. And Brendan, I mean, we both been witness to what happens when a technology doesn't really start incorporating the boots on the ground and the executive office and getting the feedback and, and building a, a tailored solution to that, mm -hmm. right? It's, it, the old adage where it's really easy to make a process complicated and it's really difficult to <laughs> take a process and simplify it, right? And we've all used technology where we're scratching our temples wondering, why is this so complicated in this technology when this should be making our lives easier. I think what we've seen historically is a lot of tech out there has really become convoluted and complicated. And it almost feels like sometimes you need a degree in rocket science to just run a report. And once it gets that complicated, ease of use is out the window, right? And if you're not providing a tool that's easily used, that leads to re reliably captured data repeatedly and consistently capturing this data, you're not getting good data and you're not getting insights most definitely. Right. And I think that in the past, contractors have struggled with this and they've endeavored to incorporate big lofty goals in, in terms of fully customizing a solution, spending a lot of time, sometimes years, implementing a fully customized solution. The one thing to consider with tech adoption is how can we simplify this? How can we standardize this? Standardization, after all, is a tenant of lean construction, yet we've seen mass attempts at fully customizing solutions in the industry. Right. And so what, what this is doing is it's kind of a pendulum swing, if you will, where companies are starting to come back and say, hey, what we're looking for is a scalable, standardized solution that allows maybe not customization, but configurability, right? And that's really striking that perfect balance. And I know Tenor and Procore are, are two examples that have perfectly struck that balance. And it's because of this that they are the industry standards in terms of equipment, fleet management, and project management, respectively. Yeah. And, and kind of to take that from putting my hard hat back on and looking from a contractor's perspective, also just a kind of understanding from their point of view too, that there's a lot of options out there right now. Since we're seeing a lot of more of attention and focus 
not only from the type of solutions that are out there, but the amount of money that's being um, funneled toward construction tech, which is great. But it also kind of makes it a little bit more complicated from the contractor's perspective because they have so many more options. So you have to help filter out the noise and to circle back to your comment before of just understanding the why, taking a look at why are we looking for a solution? What are the actual problems we're looking to solve? And that may help start to filter down a little bit as well. But I think if you find that correct partner, they're going to be the ones to be able to help navigate that journey with you because they have the experience not only from the job site, but they're speaking to multiple different companies from all across the U.S., sometimes international as well. So we can help bring that experience together to help navigate through, understand the pains, and then that way we can avoid some of those, maybe, hey, I want to go get this shiny object because it sounds cool and it's the next thing out there. Try to avoid that, which would then add to that burn of implementation and work together to try to figure out, hey, what is the best choice for you and your company and the reason why you came here in the first place to try to help understand Hey, what are you trying to solve here? Yeah, and I think that understanding that that true goal and what you're trying to solve, when you think about other providers, no contractor is going to trust and be happy in a long-term you know, partnership with a, a communications and wireless provider when it comes to managing their equipment management. And this, the frustrations and the goals specific to equipment management and construction, right? And that's why people come to companies like Tenet. That's why they come to companies like Procore. It's because of that expertise. It's because... It's companies like this and providers like this are born from the problems, born from the, the industry. Now, shifting more towards the contractor perspective, what cultural elements around technology should be addressed and overcome by contractors themselves to succeed in adopt, adopting technology? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good question. I think it's helpful just to kind of look at the construction industry as a whole and if I could categorize it, it's, it's typically risk adverse. Everything that you're doing on the job site from the beginning of pre-qualifying subs, identifying what some of the risks are within the contract, how, how can we avoid some of these issues, to punch lists, uh, observations, having all this QAQC, it's all about, hey, how can we reduce that risk, manage it appropriately to achieve the, the best outcome where everybody's successful, we get the project done, the typical on time, on budget, right? So I, I think it's starting to understand too from... That's kind of where they're we're coming from the industry and looking at, hey, maybe bringing on a new software, a new system that could be perceived as a risk. So I think we need to be just bring that up to the forefront and just being open about it and then try to help understand how we can help mitigate that risk together by understanding that's kind of a, a knee jerk reaction and try to help. I know we keep saying it, but going back to the why and to get you that value that you you are looking for from an actual solution and then just really changing the perception of hey, doing this new system or bringing this on board and going with the implementation, how, how can we reduce that risk so you can get to that value a little bit quicker? Yeah, and speaking about risk aversion, I mean, contractors really need to be clear not only about what is the risk they're aiming to manage, but like Brendan said, the most important question is why, right? And I see this a lot. Like people know they need to improve some aspect of the business or you know, their, their operations, but they really have a difficult time articulating the why. And when you know the why, when the entire organization up and down the org chart ladder can clearly articulate that why, that's when you can start focusing on technology options that will really move the needle um, and move it in a monumental way, right? And even better, and we, we talked about this earlier, and I want to underscore it once again, when your technology partner understands that why, and they can you know truly bake that into the solution, that's really going to be the force multiplier when it comes to actually getting the solution adopted by all levels of the organization. 
but bottom line, you need to know your why, what it is you're trying to solve and, and why. Yeah. And thank you, Noah, from a contractor's viewpoint as well. Just one, one thing to mention is it could be helpful to, to kind of look in the mirror and look at your own processes. And you know, as we're talking about getting to the why, and I know maybe contradictory, but sometimes just throwing tech at a, a pain isn't always going to be the best solution. So that's why if, if you're starting to look at, hey, what are the steps and workflow that we need to accomplish this particular task? And then be able to peel back and look at it objectively together as a group to start to identify, is this step needed? Do we really need to process this? Or maybe we can make it a little bit efficient going back to that lean methodology of reducing steps and what's actually required and where our value add. And I think once as a contractor, if you're able to start to do that, that also you can pull in that the other tech partners who have that experience of doing that from multiple different companies, but even just going through that process too, of and you get to learn each other's process through that whole workflow and, and exercise. And you start to gain that that view into what why are we actually here and, and and kind of improve that process if we ever need to. Yeah, I like that, Brendan. You know, sometimes all it takes is a, a minor tweak in a process and maybe not a whole deployment of technology. How can contractors overcome these cultural elements and begin to make mindset shifts towards succeeding with construction technology and ensuring a return on their time and cost investments? Yeah, that's a great question, Kurt. And once again, just to be clear on the why, right? Uh, making a shift between looking for a technology partner and not just a vendor, um, I think that's an incredible way to, to overcome some of these challenges and, and make sure that you're getting a return on, on the time and the cost investment. And really partnering with somebody who can act as a consultant, you know, Brendan just mentioned it, being able to have access to expertise, right? Within the partner and even in, in their client base. Right, having a community of like-minded individuals that get together and discuss best practices—that's that's one way to do it as well. But that's why it's really important to partner with a tech provider that's focused on the construction industry versus just any old tech solution. Right? They say that rising tides raise all ships, and this is a perfect example of that. And the other thing to take into consideration is really when you're looking at a partner, you want to find someone that can scale with you as you grow your business. Right. When you're growing your business and your use of the tech, if you're growing, you don't want to use a tool that you're going to outgrow in the future. And there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen around future-proofing the business. And this is one aspect that needs to be considered for that. Yeah. And, and you said something there too that I want to piggyback off as well, just about the scaling and future-proofing as well. I know I, in myself, when I would be evaluating software of if I want to use it on my job site to now being on the other side of the table of talking to companies, understand what they're looking for, almost encouraging. And it's very attractive to look at that list of features. Hey, almost like you're doing bid leveling. Hey, do you have all your items? I checked the boxes. We had apples to apples comparison, but also want to kind of encourage to, to potentially, that is important to make sure you have some of the standard functions, but start to look a bit uh, beyond just those features and start to look at what is it about this potential partner that I want to go in, into business with them? We're starting to look at what are the things that they have besides those features and, and, and functionality and start to go a little bit deeper into, hey, is this something that's going to help get everyone on the job site home a little bit quicker to be time with their family? You start looking at maybe the, the culture of starting to beginning of, can this system actually bring people together? And just from the functionality of bringing everyone to one system. And you almost start having people use it and then they're helping each other. And there's other, other qualitative type aspects and benefits to looking at software. And I just want to encourage people to think of, hey, are we doing all the things that we came here on our checklist? But also start to look at, hey, why are there some other reasons I may want to partner with, with that particular construction tech? 
Yeah, and one other thing, once again, we mentioned it earlier, but when you're starting to develop your product expectations, right? I think there, there does need to be a mindset shift around the ideas of customization and configurability, right? And, and thinking of, about the product in terms of construction. When we look at construction, which is really the mass production of unique items, I mean, we're, we're faced with a conundrum, right? There are benefits to customization and benefits to the standardization. And it's really striking that balance of standardized configurability that, that we're looking to achieve. And once again, there is a need in the industry to get back to configurability versus full customization. That pendulum is swinging back and, and companies are looking to find that scalable, standardized, yet configurable solution that can integrate with other best-in-breed applications. And this is really when companies are going to be able to start up-leveling and weaving together a dynamic construction technology platform. Okay. Are there any other co comments you'd like to leave with our listeners from your own perspectives before we close out? Yeah, I think one thing, Kurt, that we, we didn't discuss that, that needs to be considered, and I, I really see this as an opportunity, but also somewhat of a threat going forward. This industry is really a people industry. And I think that I read somewhere that, what, 80% of respondents of a survey are, are reporting difficulty finding supervisors, finding project managers, skilled craftspeople, 80%. I think this is the next crisis. There's already a labor shortage, and it really doesn't seem to be improving anytime soon. And if companies aren't doing this already, I would implore everybody to start considering how technology can really be used to start attracting and retaining talent, because that's when you're going to really be able to unlock the, the talent of the people that you already have. You'll be able to attract better talent into the industry. When people see that they're entering a business that is using technology as an asset to once again, future-proof their business. Yeah, and I know kind of piggyback off that too. And you're, Ian, when you mentioned like the future-proof their business, you know, just also thinking about, I'd like to listen to a lot of construction tech podcasts and read a bunch of articles too. And I think that the popular topic is, hey, what's that next tech out there? What's the future construction look like in, in the three, five, 10, you know, 20 years? But also want to just look at, hey, what, what about the, the future of your particular company? What is and who would that next CEO or COO be? What would get them fired up and motivated and start to think of future-proofing your own business for that next group of individuals who are going to be coming into those seats? Uh, but how, how to leave that legacy behind and how you can implement some of this tech to, to help attract that talent too and, and make your entire company future-proof as well. And the idea too is that because you're hiring and getting that top talent of how can we help those individuals to get rid of some of the day-to-day the -day minutia that you may be seeing on the job site and allowing them to, to do and put their talent to work, solving those problems that we're getting on the job site every single day in a creative way. And try to release that burden of them of doing the, hey, did you follow up on that email? Or where is that submittal? Have some of the systems there to take that burden off of them so they can use why, why you hired them in the first place. So using their brain and, and technical expertise to help solve some of those issues on the job. Yeah, and I think uh, one more thing that I, I would like to comment on, Kurt, is really, and once again, we did mention this earlier on in, in our conversation and discussion, but really looking at how we can start force multiplying different aspects of the business. And the easy low hanging fruit here is with technology, right? Can a tech piece of tech, a piece of software be integrated with other technological tools that we're using, right? There are partnerships and integrations. And once again, I mean, we're both from Procore and Tenor respectively, but there's a Procore Tenor partnership and things like this will really benefit the industry and benefit the companies because 
you're now working with different software solutions that are really baked into the DNA of construction. When you have that, you're creating those synergies. And like Brendan said, this is what's going to really enable companies to free up the talent and have their team members focus on more impactful activities as opposed to being shackled by, like Brendan mentioned, the minutia and the monotony and the, the tasks that can be automated using that technology. So I think that's something to really consider going forward is how well we can have our technology play well with others. And just remember, um, and this might be a good closing thought, that the, the technology is only a tool, right? It really comes down to having the right people, um, having the right mindset, and having these people use the right tools. And that's what's really going to help everyone thrive in the new game. Thanks for listening to Tenetalk. If you enjoyed this episode, visit our website at www.tenet.com to learn how you can know more, control more, and make more with your mixed fleet assets. Join us again next time. Bye-bye.